Raiders, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it, you love it. It, of course, is Victory Lane. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Merry off-season. I hope everybody uh, enjoyed their downtime thus far in the off-season non-racing season and now that the calendar has turned to the pre-season been a minute since we caught up i missed y'all i hope you missed me too but i will say nobody was clamoring and pounding their fists for another episode of victory lane yet here we are i'm giving one to you so you didn't ask for it but i'm giving it to you anyway and as you can see from the episode title chase purdy is our guest this week pretty cool announcement if i do say so myself he had uh, about a week or two ago, joining Spire Motorsports, going to drive the 77 full-time for the organization, which on paper is a new team. But when you look at the details, it's basically a lateral move because he was a KBM driver last year. KBM was bought by Spire. Spire now fielding a truck for Chase Purdy. So we chat about that deal. We chat about his past season in 23, what he's looking to do and accomplish in 24. And he is setting his goals and expectations rather high with the 77 camp. So I mentioned it for you guys to hear that and interested to hear what you think about his goals and expectations. We chatted about a little bit more as well. He is a Roll Tide Alabama Crimson Tide fan and an Ole Miss Hottie Toddy fan. How does that work? Uh, I asked him, so you will find out the answer. And, of course, we talked a little bit of football uh, with Bama having Unfortunately, lost the Rose Bowl to Michigan and now Michigan are national champions, but I'm not going to talk about that because I'm going to get pissed off. Anyways, Papa Siegel, it's been a minute since we caught up, so why don't you get us up to speed on the Wayback segment for this week in episode 212. Take it away for the first time in 2024, Dad. Thank you, Duve. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to episode 211. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get the 2024 racing party started. It's closer than you think. For me, the racing season starts with the Rolex 24-hour race at Daytona, which this year will run over my birthday weekend. Today, we focus our way-back lens on one of the greatest endurance racers of all time, and perhaps the GOAT when it comes to Daytona and the Rolex 24. Hurley Haywood was a Florida college kid in 1968, with a fast Corvette, he liked to race on local road courses on the weekends. One of those weekends found him in Jacksonville, when American racing ace Peter Gregg pulled up in a big hauler to test an endurance car he'd be racing the following weekend. All the other local talent moaned and groaned about not having a chance against Perfect Peter. Haywood, on the other hand, got to work and beat him. Afterward, Greg remarked to Haywood that you have to be pretty good to beat me. He took Hurley under his wing, helped him buy his first race car, showed him the ropes, and maintained a close business racing 
an overall friendship that lasted the remainder of Greg's life. More on Perfect Peter in a future segment. Haywood became one of the elite sport car drivers, not only of his day, but of all time. He won Le Mans three times. He won the Sebring 12 hours twice, and he won the Rolex 24 five times, the first to ever accomplish that feat. Remember that iconic Brumos Porsche that sort of looked like Herbie the Love Bug? That was Haywood's car. As if those accomplishments weren't enough, Haywood represented IMSA in the International Race of Champions four times, and he did a tour in service of his country in Vietnam. Thank you, Hurley. Hurley Haywood still retains his Hollywood good looks as a spry 75-year-old. Still waiting for word about any NASCAR talent who may be racing in this year's Rolex, but fear not, there'll be plenty to watch and keep you entertained if you try to watch all of it. I'm sure I'll try, and just as sure I'll be glad to be DVRing the race when I fail. That's all for this week. Back to you, Doof. Thank you, Dad, as always, for that wonderful way back segment. Looking forward to more, maybe bigger and better in 2024 when it comes to the Wayback segment. So I'm sure that Papa Siegel in his old age and retirement will uh, cook up some good stuff for us. Thank you. Let's start off this episode new year, but we're starting it off the same way as we always do. And that is with a good old fashioned. Yeah, baby. Felt good to get that first one out the new year. And we'll throw it straight over to my chat with Chase Purdy. Again, driver the 77 for Spire Motorsports this season in the Craftsman Truck Series. Sprayed a lot of fields here, and I hope you enjoyed the chat. Here he is on Victory Lane. Pleasure to welcome on to the show this week, driver of the 77 Craftsman Truck Series entry for Spire Motorsports for 2024, the bad Bama Buggies boy himself, Chase Purdy. I hope your uh, off-season and now preseason has been going well, my friend. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way first. I agree wholeheartedly with your tweet yesterday at the time of this recording that the real national championship was the Rose Bowl and the wrong team just happened to win the national championship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the team that won could be thrown in as a good argument, too. They probably are national champions. But, yeah, I do actually believe that the, the Alabama – Michigan Rose Bowl game was the national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, others will disagree, but I think the tape doesn't lie. So. Tape don't lie. That's right. Ball don't lie either. We, we can agree on one thing. I went to Michigan State, so I despise Michigan. You went to <laughs> Ole Miss, but you're a Bama guy, yeah. so you obviously despise Michigan at the moment. We can mm-hmm. both agree that we hate Michigan, right? Yes, I, I'm not a fan of Michigan. Okay, good. Not at all. Glad we got that out the way first. So all you Michigan fans that have tuned out, we didn't want you to listen anyway. Um, Before we move on to NASCAR stuff, I do want to talk about the Rose Bowl for a hot second. What was up with the last play? Can you put on your analyst hat on for us and tell me what you saw? Yeah. uh, I mean, if I'm a college football analyst and I'm taking that in, I'm probably wondering uh, what the hell we're doing uh, with running the quarterback up the middle on the last play of the game with your season on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, my feelings are, you know, I did not think that was a great call by the offensive coordinator, but 
I mean, Nick Saban did say it best. If he runs that play and he makes it in, we look like heroes. If he doesn't, then it's a bad call. So I guess it's a bad call. Uh, but I, I still would – I couldn't believe that was our, our play call choice. That was terrible. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I, I heard someone say that if the snap was better, then there was going to be some option and there was going to be a hole open on the left side, which ironically or maybe not ironically, the center transferred as soon as the game was over. But still, I mean, you can't put it on a snap. You have to rely on the play call at that point. So I'm with yeah, you. And, it was a great game, though. Yeah, that's just one of the many things that added up. I mean, there's sloppy mistakes the whole game that put Alabama in that situation. They had multiple chances to take the game over and – that it capitalized so yeah is what it is we turn our attention to nascar now which i'm sure that you will uh have some better endings than bama did in the rose bowl but you got a new home of sorts this year kind of and we'll explain kind of what we mean by that but your 2024 plans were unveiled last week going from kbm to spire except you may not be going too too far what can you tell us detail wise about what you'll be doing for 2024 with spire and the 77 group yeah, so um, a lot of the same people um, in the same shop, um, different number, uh, different team, um, but not really. So um, <laughs> it's, to me, I, I'm glad I get to keep my guys, most of my guys. Um, I did have a crew chief and engineer leave, but um, for the most part, it's still the same. Um, a lot of similar faces walk into the shop as well. So for me um, and my team, it is all about, building off of what we left off in Phoenix with, um, which, you know, we almost closed it out in Phoenix, uh, had a, had a shot at it. Um, ironically, like my, one of my best friends, I would call him is he, he got me on the last restart, but typically how that stuff works out, of course it'd be him, but, Mm -hmm. um, no, it's, uh, that's just what it's about building off of what we left Phoenix with and, you know, getting, you know, a great relationship started and, and going with my new crew chief and new engineer. Um, but everything else is the same. Um, a lot of uh, new faces as well. You're talking about Christian, I believe, uh, who snookered you on the last restart there. I know you guys have been close for a little bit. Was there some trash talk, some healthy trash talk after the checkered flag flew on that one? <laughs> no, I, I I went to see him in Victor Lane and, and just told him, I was like, look, man, congrats. And I was like, you, you got me on the last one. And he was like, oh, thank God it didn't end on the one before that because you'd have beaten <laughs> so, I was like, yeah, well, yours ended up a little sweeter than mine. So, um, no, just just being funny and, and, and happy for one another. But, um, yeah. So you have Jason Trincheri as well as your crew chief. That seems to be a great addition to the organization, to the team. For you as a driver personally, it seems like – He's elevated a lot of guys that he's worked with in the past. What has your relationship building been like with Jason so far? I know only a week publicly after the announcement, but have you guys been able to get together in the shop away from the racetrack and build that relationship at all yet? Yeah. Yeah, we certainly have. And um, actually uh, to bring football back into this, he's a, he's a Penn state fan and Ole Miss played Penn state. And we actually have a bet. We had, well, we had a bet. Um, he has got to wear an Ole Miss hat to work every day um, this week. So, man, yeah, I've got, I've got an Ole Miss hat that I've selected for him from my uh, closet that he's going to be wearing. Um, but no, the relationship's been great. Um, you know, I got to go to lunch with him, see him at the shop, and um, you know, do sim stuff together. So, um, just already getting that that ball rolling and started, and, and things are uh, going really well so far. 
Were you going to have to wear a Penn State hat if, if you lost the bet? I was going to have to put a, a, a front license plate tag bumper sticker Ooh. on my car. Yeah. I think no, that's I, worse. Was, I think he got yeah. off easy. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, mine's public. I mean, everybody's going to see that. Thank exactly. God I was a Penn State fan. Not really. But, <laughs> yeah. Better, better Penn State than Michigan. We can agree. Yeah, if it was Michigan, I probably wouldn't have taken the bet. No, I, I would not have either, for sure. I would have. I would have done some bad things. Trust me. Um, so <laughs> we got Jason out the way. How about Doug Ducart? He's been around for a long, long time in motorsports and NASCAR specifically, and now he's dabbling more with Spire Motorsports. And as Spire's dabbling more in the truck series, you get to form a relationship with him, somebody who has again been around so many different race teams, had a lot of success in his day and age. What have the conversations been like with Doug so far? Uh, very good, actually. Um, he's a he's a super cool guy. Um, really easy to talk to. Um, and you know, I, I j it just happened. I walked in and, and they were like, uh, this is Doug, Doug's chase, chase Doug. And I was like, Oh, nice to meet you. And, and we started talking and, and, and got to know each other a little bit. And, you know, every time I'm at the shop, which is probably, you know, when I'm here almost every day, um, you know, me and Doug will, will sit down and talk and, and catch up on things and, and, and joke about stuff. But, um, you know, he always says I'm from uh, L.A., Lower Alabama. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's a he's a really cool dude, and uh, it's been uh, really nice to to get to know him. And I look forward to to the year we'll have together. So, in the off season, how often have you been in the area? Be it been able to go to the shop versus going home to L.A. Yeah, so I um I was around for a decent bit of the off season. Um, I kind of went back and forth like two or three times. Um, just and when I was here, just worked out and, and spent my time with my, my guys at the shop and just saying hey to everybody and seeing all the new people and, and trying to, to build relationships with people and, you know, if I didn't know who you were and I haven't recognized that face, I try and introduce myself and, um, you know, just get to know them. And as far as going back home is concerned, uh, I think it's probably no secret that uh, I'm a little bit of a hunter. So I like to go and, and duck and deer hunt with my, with my buddies back home and family. So, uh, yeah. I was stalking your Instagram before this, and uh, I saw you had a couple successful hunts recently. Hashtag captured. You love using that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's something. Uh, me and my buddies, uh, we have been started saying like when we when we did that. Yeah. Um. So it's it's been something fun that we've been able to to use and, and laugh about. Yeah, you've gotten pretty good, it seems. So we talked about Spire expanding their truck program. A little bit. I know that they probably have some announcements forthcoming, not asking you to break any news, but if you'd like to, sure, go ahead. Um, when they purchase the assets of KBM, they also purchase the shop. So what's that been like from your perspective, seeing the team expand a little bit and also kind of move into an entire new space to help the truck program get off the ground a little bit? Yeah, I think it's been, um, well, the, the first thing was really just, uh, it was so different looking, um, you know, you usually when you, you walked into KBM and you saw all the trophies and the banners of however many years they've been there and all the wins and accomplishments. And then when you first see it without all that stuff and it doesn't say KBM on the wall, it's just kind of like, wow, like that's, it's just a different kind of feel, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing. So it's been nice though, honestly, I mean, I've kind of adjusted to it and gotten used to it. Um, that's just for me when I walk in, it's a, it's another day of being at the shop. Um, but it is, there's a lot more going on. Um, definitely, uh, a little bit more crowded, but I mean, everything works out the way it's supposed to be working. So, um, 
yeah, just a, a lot of a lot of things going on, but all in the right direction and all for the better. So at KBM, you obviously had Kyle, somebody who has had his fair share of success in the truck series, I would say, to uh, lean on as a boss. That can be good and bad, intimidating and comforting in some ways. Again, I know it's been you know a week or so here, and it's been early, but has there been anybody like that that you've been able to lean on at Spire? Maybe Corey LaJoy, who's been there for a handful of years on the cup side, or does somebody else come to mind? Um, I've spoken um, a, a time or two to Corey uh, just just when I see him around the shop. Um, you know, Corey's a, is a really good dude, and you know he does a good job of you know if he if he sees us or see we see each other around the shop, you know he'll take time out of his day to, to come and say, "Hey, what's up, man?" and, and talk to you. So. Um, you know, but that's just another tool, you know, for, for me to have and just to ask someone to ask questions with, um, you know, so it's, it's nice to have that. And as far as Kyle's concerned, um, you know, me and Kyle, um, still have a good relationship and, uh, he's always someone that I could lean on or, or ask questions. Um, if I have any, I feel like having Zane Smith in the building, kind of half there, half track house and Carson, obviously in the building full-time aspire now on the cup side. It might be an interesting dynamic. I'll ask you if it is because you raced against them last year full-time. Now they're up into the Cup Series. You are leading the truck efforts here with Spire for the first time. They're running a full-time campaign to go for that championship. You were competitors last year. Now you're teammates this year. How has that been so far? Well, it is a little bit interesting on the on the side of uh, me and Zane. Um, obviously, I've raced Carson um, growing up throughout the years just about in, in all the other series but me and Zane have this will technically be our third time being teammates um once in Arca once in trucks before and uh right. now but he's in a different series but we're still in a you know the same banner but um so that makes it interesting and me and, me and Zane are, are very close friends um you know, in fact going to his wedding soon so um you know that's it definitely makes it easier for just, you know, camaraderie in the shop and getting to talk to everybody and, and knowing guys and seeing a, a familiar face that you're, you know, of someone you know and you're close with. So um, that's definitely nice to have. And, you know, Zane's a not only is a, a good friend of mine, but he's a great race car driver. And, um, you know, if I have any questions, I could definitely just shoot him a text or call him. It's a good resource to have. I feel like he is – the definition of California cool, common collected. I mean, you never see him get too high, too low. When they announced the deal with Trackhouse Inspire last year, he got emotional, but that was the first time I think anybody had probably ever seen him like that. But you're friends with him, like you said, away from the racetrack. Is he really that way? Like away from the racetrack? Is he just calm, cool, collected? Or, do, or does he get a little bit high and a little bit low sometimes? Um, I, I mean, I'd say for the most part, he is always cool and collected i mean he's he's uh he's definitely someone that has capitalized on every opportunity given to him and uh the emotion that you see is very real from him um and the fact that you know he's he's busted his ass to get where he's at so um you know not only just as his friend but you know someone in the sport it's really cool to see someone like that get an opportunity so i mentioned a little bit earlier this is going to be spire motorsports's first season in the truck series running full-time. They had run a partial schedule with the seven truck uh, for a couple of years now, but this is going to be the first time that they're running for a title in this series. And you were handpicked as the guy to do it. How big of a deal is that inside the race shop? And do you feel any added pressure given that you are the guy? 
Uh, you know, I don't know that I, I feel um, any added pressure. Um, no, I, I think I do a good enough job of putting that on myself enough as it is. But um, no, I, I think that all of us have a goal and what we want to achieve and accomplish. Um, with this being my going into my fourth year, there is no reason why I shouldn't be competing to win races and in the final four at the end of the year. Um, I think that's expected out of me um and i know that it is and it at the end of the day it's going to come down to just capitalizing on the opportunities put in front of you we have all the right tools and people to make it happen and uh that's our goal so some people might look at the stat sheet and they they'll see that you finished 11th in points last year a career year by the way you've improved basically every single year you've run full-time in trucks the last three after you had a little bit of part-time scheduled then a bit of a break and you came back to jump from 11th in points to potentially winning some races, competing for a championship four spot, and potentially being a champion, some people would say those are some lofty expectations and some lofty goals. What gives you the confidence to say that you are capable and your team is capable of making that type of run this year? Well, I think that you should, you know, you can't always look at uh, the stat sheet to to make uh, your decisions and judgments. So I'm, I mean, to... A lot of people's credit, yes. I mean, you look at the stat sheet and it doesn't show what I feel uh, I'm capable of and and what we're close to achieving. Um, I mean, you could look at it this way. When we went into Kansas this past year, we were sixth or seventh in points, and we had a stretch of bad three races. Some of it was my fault. Others just things I couldn't control. And then you're 17th in points, and you're catching yourself, digging yourself out of a hole. So, um, you know, I look at it as, man, we were sixth in points, and if I could have just – maybe made better decisions and I just happened to be in the wrong place at the right time. Then, you know, that, that set up, set ourselves back as a team. And, uh, it's hard to get yourself out of that hole, but we did get out of that hole. And, um, you know, when the playoffs were going on, we focused on ourselves, um, and made ourselves better. And I think that, um, that really showed. Um, and if you go back and look at the stat sheet, that does show that. So, um, I just think that, you know, people are just going to have to to watch and find out. And me and my team are going to have to go out there and execute and do our jobs. So like I mentioned, last year was a career year. Two poles, three top fives, 11 top tens, career best finish in the points. Does it feel like you have been progressing to the level that you want to and that you feel like you're capable of? I feel like, again, stats don't tell the full story. But looking at that, last year seems like you're going right along progression-wise. Yeah, um, for me, uh, it was, it has definitely, the progression of the years has been a lot slower than what I have been used to. Um, when I grew up racing and was going through late models and Canon and Arca, um, and then, you know, coming back, which, you know, I've told people this before was the hardest thing, um, for me ever. Um, you know, people can say it's like riding a bike. Well, I could tell you right now it's not. Um, so <laughs> It is. It was really almost like a reset, and just the simple fundamental things um, were were hard to me again, and and I had to get used to. And some of it was muscle memory, but it's just you know you have to get back at the rhythm of things. I mean, you got to think when I was gone for two years, these guys were in a seat every weekend, so mm-hmm. um, constantly getting reps and making laps and learning things, and so the progression for me has been slower than. Um, I thought it would be, but, you know, I think that, you know, everybody's story is different and how they get there is different. So 
for me, it's just about being the the best that I can be and focusing on myself and and not really and not worrying what other people are doing. Um, just to focus on 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 my deal and and my race and my race team. That's all I'm concerned with. If you do include those part time years before you kind of took that two year sabbatical of sorts, for lack of a better term, this will be year six for you in the truck series, which I think probably qualifies you bordering on veteran status, which is crazy to say. Does it feel like it's been six years of truck series competition for you, Chase? No, because I had two starts in 2018. Um, and then I drove a race car again uh, towards the end of of 20. So, and then I went full-time 21, 22, 23. Right. It doesn't, for me, I don't, I don't count that. Um, and, and the sport has changed drastically since um, that time. But, um, no, I, I don't necessarily feel like a six-year veteran. I, I feel like a going into my fourth year in the truck series um, full-time, um, I guess that, that doesn't make me a rookie. That kind of makes me somewhat of a, vet, a veteran. But, um, no, it, time flies. It, it feels like just yesterday that all that was happening. Um, and I'm still learning. Um, and I would even say, you know, talking to veterans and, and people in the sport, um, that have been there much longer than I have that, you know, they'll say the same thing, you know, they're still learning, you know, it, it's different every year. And I think that's what's unique about our sport um, is that it's constantly changing. There's new things to learn and, and adapt to. I remember having a conversation with you. Um, I guess it probably was two years ago and, and you did chat about those fundamental things that you kind of had to relearn and retrain your brain to get used to in the car, whether it was restarts, creature comforts, how to buckle yourself in, where the switches are, dash, all that stuff. How long did it end up taking you until you felt really legitimately comfortable and kind of back at home behind the wheel? Uh, probably until about towards the end of 2022. Um, it's when I felt like I was really back into the swing of things. Um, and I mean, I could say that I, I felt comfortable doing the things I was doing before, but like, where it's just second nature, like you're like, you're not even really thinking about the things you're doing because you're driving the race car at the same time. So, um, I would say I'm, I'm back to where I, I was. Um, and for me, I expect to have a, a career year this year and, um, I've got all, all the, the right tools and people and, and, and place for me to do that. And, um, you know, they believe in me and I believe in them and, Together, we're going to see what happens. So go-karts, Bandoleros, <laughs> Legends cars, you mentioned late models, K&M Pro Series. That's kind of when we first met uh, on the East Coast short track scene. Fill in some of the blanks for us, though, in between all those steps and then to take the major step to the truck series. What did you race? When did you race? How did you do? Fill in those blanks for us to kind of explain how you got to where you are, Chase. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, obviously my, I started out in go-karts as a kid, then went to legend cars, late models, then super late models, uh, Canon and Arca. And the biggest thing for me was the jump to, from Canon and Arca to trucks, um, big, way bigger competition level. Um, but at the same time, it was just, it wasn't that the competition was so different. It was just, more of it um you know when i was in arca and canyon like you know i was still, still racing against you know Noah gregson zane chandler smith christian and 
you know, a bunch of other people. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of names. Todd and Harrison. I mean, a whole a whole list of people. Um, and all of those names are, are racing on. Some of them are on Sunday, and and you know, others are I still race with. But um, I think the biggest thing for me was just necessarily coming back. That was the the hardest thing for me. It wasn't the transition was tough because it you know there was a lot more competition. And you definitely had to race smarter um and be on your toes a lot more as far as transitioning from the arca series to the truck series um i remember my first truck start um i thought i was going to go out there and and be the guy and i realized damn there's 20 other people out here they're just as good if not better so um <laughs> uh, the biggest thing was just the competition and and it's a lot harder racing um you know the guys you know make a lot less mistakes in trucks versus Arca and Canyon racing. So I think the biggest thing for me was um, just racecraft and, and learning that that was the the disconnect. And I had to really be disciplined about that. Who'd you lean on to figure out that racecraft and to bounce ideas off of when you were kind of thrown to the wolves, as it were going from one level of competition all the way up to a 10. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I remember, trying to study the veterans of the of the truck series and the sport and even watching guys that raced on Saturday and Sunday, just how they approach things um, and just trying to learn from them, whether that was watching videos of them or, you know, if I got the chance to talk to them, just asking them questions. Um, and, and guys in the truck series that are veterans, I remember, uh, well, he probably doesn't remember because um, I was just a, an 18-year-old kid at the time, but uh, – Johnny Sauter was one that I remember talking to in Phoenix in my second ever truck start and uh, just picking his brain about things and, and hearing what he had to say. And, um, you know, he's a Johnny's a great competitor. He's been around a long time and um, he, he had some some really good advice for me. And, uh, yeah, some of those some of those things I, I still take to this day and use and apply. Chase, I feel like probably more unfairly than fairly. A lot of people put a label on you as a pay driver. They do that to a lot of people in the truck series, even Xfinity and Cup, but I feel like trucks is where a lot of those labels get dished out, fair or unfair. But to our point, results show more than that. Your body of work kind of shows more than that, I think. How have you dealt with that throughout your career? Because you're not a savvy veteran, you know? I'm sure that some people it lets them get to them a little bit more than some. I'm curious if you have dealt with those accusations or that label being put upon you at all, because at the end of the day, you still are a race car driver. You still had success, but you're also still in your mid twenties. Yeah, no, I, um, I don't, I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. Um, you know, let them hate, let them, let them say whatever they want to say. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing just doesn't get to me. I'm, I'm more concerned about how I can be better myself and how we can be better as a team and moving on to the next week. Um, you know, if I, if I sat around all day and listened to those comments and took them seriously, then, you know, I think that there'd be other problems to have, but, yeah. but I don't do that. Uh, I, uh, I, I move on with myself and, and I try my best to better myself every day and every week. I would say haters are your motivators, but you don't even pay a mind, which is probably the right thing to do. You're you're self motivated, if I'm seeing right. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just focused on myself. If you start listening to what everybody else has to say, and 
uh, others' opinions of me are not the opinions I have of myself. Um, following football, that's a prime quote, but uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, my opinion I have of myself is is different than, you know, maybe maybe others have of me, which is fine. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but um, I'm just focused on myself and my team and being the best race car driver that I can be. Where do you guys think you guys have the best shot to win races this year, to run up front, to contend? Is it a particular track type? Is there one specific track that might suit you, inspire better than others? Um, you know, I don't know that there's a specific track um, type. You know, I think we have the opportunity to go win it at all of them. Um, the only thing I will say is I'm not the – road courses have never been my, my best – uh thing uh, i've never been the best at road courses but you know that's something that i've worked on a lot and i actually feel pretty comfortable at road courses uh especially coda um but i would probably say you know places like kansas the mile and a half are really good for us kansas in particularly um and any of the short tracks um you know like a lot of us we're all short track racers um you know and i've won a lot of short track races in my day and uh you know, gone up against some of the best in, in late models in short track racing and, and had success there. So, you know, I, I feel really comfortable in the short tracks. So you mentioned earlier, and we talked about it, right, the expectations for this year, win, contend, potentially make the championship four, make the playoffs. Do you have conversations with whether it's Jason or Doug or anybody else on your team preseason about what you guys are capable of and what you want to accomplish? Or do those expectations and things that you want to accomplish kind of evolve as the year goes on and you guys see where you're at. Yeah. You know, I think that we all have the same, you know, mindset and goals on things. I think that we, you know, when it comes to this year and, and performance wise, um, it is for me to go out and win races and be in the playoffs and be in Phoenix, uh, come November. Um, you know, I don't think anybody else has any other goals but that, um, which is good. That, that's, I mean, obviously, you know, that's pressure and stuff, but that's the same pressure that I'm already putting on myself is to go out there and do that same thing. Um, and it's not just about me. Um, you know, I, I want to, you know, my team guys want to be successful too. And, and they're busting their ass to, to go out there and, and give me the best. And I'm busting my ass to go out there and, and give my best to them and, and for myself and, and everybody included in the whole program. You know, it's not just uh, all about me, but it's about the, the team around me and uh, the bigger picture. Let's end our chat coming back to the tide, because always. Um, if people know you, they know that you are part Crimson Tide fan and part Ole Miss fan. But I still, still struggle to figure out how that works for you. So tell us, yeah, how, how are you able to of... root for both, pull for both, and exist as a fan of both? So I, I mean, it's, I would say I have to be more of an Ole Miss fan, uh, just because they were on my race car at Talladega. Mm -hmm. Alabama did not go on my race car at Talladega. Uh, so I, you know, and I went to school at Ole Miss. So, um, when they play each other, um, I like to tell people I don't really lose. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say I pull for Ole Miss. I, I finally made that decision that if they play each other, I'm going to have to pick one. Um, and I'd have to pull for Ole Miss. So, um, I guess you could say I'm, I'm more of an Ole Miss fan. Um, but everybody knows I grew up an Alabama fan, you know, around Alabama as well. So 
Um, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Um, he is the transfer portal king, also. So, <laughs> and, and and he's my pit sign, um, and he will be again this year. So that's right. I now that you say that, I actually do remember because I was like patrolling pit road. I don't know if it was last year, the year before, but I was like, oh yeah, Lane Kiffin's there. That's got to be Chase's. <laughs> I mean, hey, it makes sense that Old Miss is 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 the one A and Bama's one B because. A, you went there. B, they're on your race car. But C, tuition also went there too. So you, you literally have financial skin in the game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it, it's just uh, it makes sense. And um, you know, I loved my time down in in Oxford and um, lots of friends and and memories created there that I'll never forget. So um, yeah, go reps. All right. What gets you more jacked up? Engines firing up on race day, or 9 a.m. a tailgate in Oxford? <laughs> well i mean both of them get me fired up uh but I'm, I'm gonna have to say engines being fired on pit road good answer but again you can't lose with that either um speaking of yeah, those engines firing up they're gonna fire up in about uh, a month or so here at daytona what are you doing in between to keep yourself busy and get yourself ready when engines fire up yeah just um you know training during the week and and already looking at the the races from daytona from last year and, and the year before and and just doing doing what i'm supposed to do and, and trying to be the most prepared that i can for when we all get there um you know just like the guys in the shop are doing they're non-stop around the clock trying to get ready for daytona and um everybody knows that daytona is our super bowl um in nascar so um everybody wants to go there and win and uh if we got to do that and win early and already lock ourselves in the playoff i think that would make us pretty dangerous i can't hard uh can't help but agree with you there i appreciate the time chase looking forward to seeing you down in daytona and what you guys can do this year with the new and improved 77 group over at spire motorsports i appreciate you sir best of luck this upcoming season and we will see you down there awesome thank you thanks for having me and we are back Roll toddy. That's what he said to me when uh, we were hanging up, and I gave him a, a roll toddy and a hottie toddy. He gave me a roll toddy, which uh, I, I was mad at myself because I remember him telling me that before, but I forgot what it was, so I didn't have it in my outline or my notes, didn't bring it up. But here nor there, appreciate Chase's time. Appreciate Matt Klug of Spire Motorsports as well for helping coordinate that conversation. Looking forward to seeing what they got up their sleeve this year, what they can do together, and Inspire Motorsports will field out the rest of their truck series lineup for 2024. I'm hearing some interesting things, nothing confirmed, but I'm sure we will get the info in due time. Now to wrap things up, party people, episode 212, number one of 2024 has come and gone, and I appreciate you guys sticking along with me for the wonderful wild ride that is Victory Lane. Going to hopefully start cranking these out with a little bit more regularity, but Again, schedules and lives kind of get in the way. A lot of drivers, crew chiefs, anybody involved in the sport still taking some deserved time away and time off. So going to let them do that. And I am as well a little bit. Uh, went on some vacation in uh, beginning of December, right after the Caden Honeycutt interview. That was the last chat that we had on this particular podcast feed. Went live and uh, been h- hanging out in D.C., hanging with Rob, hanging with my parents, hanging with some friends, family. It's been good, good relaxing time away, but I'm itching and rearing to get ready to go again at Daytona. But first, we got the clash, which is in about a month from right now. So 
Get ready, party people. It's right around the corner, and we have missed a lot of news in the last month or so plus. But Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90, we are your destination for any and all news and notes as it pertains to NASCAR's top three series, Antarctica, Modifieds, Euro, Mexico, Canada, anything you want, we got to cover for you on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio and my Twitter feed, X feed as well, at Davey Center. Appreciate your time this week, as always, and we will be back with another episode and another guest from the world of NASCAR. Who will it be? Spoiler alert, I don't know yet either, but we will find out together. We will talk to you then, everybody. Be good and enjoy the rest of the preseason. season